Hey there, it's Woody just coming on really quick to let you know that Danielle has a new prayer and declaration booklet for free on her website. Download it today at www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Also, you can find that in the show notes. Go ahead and download it. We look forward to you enjoying it. The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to episode 42 of the Infertility Podcast. I realized I have not done interviews in a while, so I wanted to bring back one of our reoccurring guests and one of your faves. Woody is back. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) So for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, Woody is my husband, my better half and partner in Shine. So welcome, Woody. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. You're quite welcome. All right. So uh, on this episode, we are visiting, revisiting the story of Hannah, but really focusing on the relationship between Hannah and her husband. So the episode previous to this is where we discuss Hannah and Penina, um, and that was episode 39. And uh, I encourage you to check that one out just so you kind of know where we're coming from uh, for this episode. And we may get to some parts of that story um, in this episode, but I really want to focus on the relationship between Hannah and her husband, Elkanah, and get insight from you, Woody. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. And I had already prefaced um, on the episode 39 if we mispronounced uh, the names for people not to come for us. So I was, yeah, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, is it Penina or is it Pen- Penina? Yes. I might call her Penina a few times. Don't, don't judge yes. me if I don't go both judge ways. Us. You know, we're, yeah. we're just using this as that, a foundation. That cha- that troubling child of God. We'll yeah. call her that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first um, question to you is, is really in the fact that in the scripture, it talks about how Elkanah loved Hannah. Um, that he gave even double portion of sacrifice for her yearly. Um, so my first question for you is, what are some ways present day do you feel husbands make sacrifice or sacrifices when it's their wife walking in this infertility journey? Um, see, this is going to be a hard one to to say and accept and, and everything. And it's, it's really not in a way to, um, send guilt or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it, it's really, they, a lot of men who I've talked to, who've been in this position, sacrifice, um, emotions. Mm. They, they sacrifice, they, it, their prayer for a child to be less of a desire of, you know, 
before, you know, as a young man, I said, Ooh, I can't wait to have kids. I'd love to be a girl dad because I love little girls and they're so adorable. And you have that protector feeling. And I would love to have a son because that's who goes, who's going to carry my name. And, and I want a little mini me and things like that. And in this season, you sacrifice your emotions, your prayers and things of that sort, because you're not praying for those things anymore. You're not praying for your desire. You start to almost pray the prayer in grief. Mm. You pray it because you are seeing your spouse in a position of, of, of almost mourning. Mm. And so you sacrifice your heart, your desires, your wishes, and it almost becomes that you're pleading on behalf of your spouse. It's almost as though I'm going to the Lord on behalf of my wife, instead of saying, God bless us. And and we now know with science and things of all that, it could very easily be the man that is the cause that there's a struggle of infertility in the house. Mm. But it is almost as though the man is going on behalf of the wife almost because you see the anguish and the sadness on her. And you're like, God, just say a word. We know all you got to do is say, let it happen and it'll happen. And so you sacrifice how you feel about it. Oftentimes you don't think about your emotions. You don't think about how you feel. You almost don't even get an opportunity to truly grieve until you break down. And you hear a lot of guys will say they break down by themselves. It's in the shower. It's in the car. It's places like that Mm -hmm. because they're sacrificing that, um, that ability because they're, they're trying to be supportive of their, of their better half. Right. Right. Very good. Um, so what sacrifice or what are some of the sacrifices that you feel you've made during this this journey? You personally, um, I, I think it lends to some of what I said just now. You know, there's been, you know, I. I almost mourn twice um, with and it's I won't even say it's mourn. I almost am angry at times twice over. Um, for the thought that I could have been a father and that my wife has to endure this, this again, Mm -hmm. this loss again, this, this excitement, then sadness Mm -hmm. with no ability to control. Um, so it's really just the support, the, the love, the, the prayers and the inability to really almost allow myself to to get that far down because you know it's not that we couldn't grieve together but it's almost like I quote unquote want to be strong for you mm-hmm. type of attitude definitely definitely um why do you think it's important to shower your spouse um with love during this tough season um I think that we I don't know that I would say it's, it is important. I don't want to say that it's not important. It's definitely important, but I think that it almost becomes, it comes out without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you almost got to be careful with how you do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you, you almost, you're looking at your spouse and you want them to know how much you love them Mm -hmm. and how much they mean to you and how much, uh, you value them. And so you shower them to remind them, uh, you know, in the story, Elkanah looks at Hannah and he says, is my love not more than enough for you 
that you could have more of my love than 10 children. Yes. And it's, it's, isn't my love more than 10 sons? 10 sons. And if you think about that, if you think about a woman, and I spoke about this in the last episode, a woman, um, really her worth and her self-value, especially in those days, and I made the connection even now, is you know to get married and to have children. And you can see that our society really has not pivoted much from that. Uh, when someone is single, we're like, okay, when are you going to get married? When they get married, it's like, when are you going to have kids? And so when we talk about why it's important to show love, you know, um, Elkanah did that really for Hannah and, and solidified the fact that he loved her. I recall a conversation with someone and they asked me, you know, you know, my prayer is that Woody wouldn't leave you, um, if you're not able to have children, you know, but for me, my, um, my thought process when that was said, and, and I don't believe that person said it in ill will. Uh, it was just uh, maybe their um, their way of pri- um, providing comfort and just saying, I, I'm praying for you and I'm praying for you in this area. Um, the thing is, for me, when it was stated, it was like, for me, I felt that irregardless, you've made it clear that you love me despite of. You know, even if we were not able to have children, you love me despite of, you know, and I think and if you look at that story, um, Elkanah did the same thing for Hannah. And so and, and so that's why I bring up that story. It's like you want to remind your spouse that despite what society says, despite what anyone thinks, you are more than enough for me mm-hmm. and that I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and why you must be, be careful in, in, in doing so is I remember one time um I said to you, like, you know, I love you. And no matter whether we have, whether God bless us with children or not, I will always love you. And there was almost a look of sadness in your eyes. And so you almost have to be careful that you don't make it about you. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was afraid. I didn't want you to think that I was making the loss about me or anything like that. Because it really doesn't have anything to do with me. It's more so that, you know, society puts this value on bearing children and and all of that. And there's this unspoken rule amongst women that 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 makes you more of a woman. Right. um, Or or, and whatnot. And so it was more so to say, look, I, I can care less what society has to say. I chose you. I want you. I desire you. And I love you type of an attitude. Um, so I think that's what he said when he was like, you know, I'm giving her a double portion. Like, yeah, y'all may say what y'all want, but uh, this is my winner right here. So I'm giving her double portion. It's when he prays, he prays twice as hard. And when she mourns, he reminds her, I love you more than 10 sons ever could. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, especially for those mama boys out there, a love of a son for his mother is grand. That's, mm-hmm. that's huge. Mm-hmm. Like he goes to bat. Um, for his mother and so for him to say I love you more than 10 sons tells you how much he was telling her that he loved her yes very good Um, so as a husband going through this how do you feel supported Um, and this is not only for for me but um, really to give a, a voice from a male's perspective of ways that you feel supported in this journey um, it's, it's rare and, and appreciated when someone says, 
how you doing or how you're taking it or keep your head up about this. Um, majority of the time it's how's your spouse, how's she doing, mm-hmm. how she's holding up. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for her um, type of attitude, which is perfectly fine because it's her body that is enduring the changes in the hormones and the, and she's dealing with her emotions on top of it. But um, I say support does not always come. Mm-hmm. And I think that the people who truly show support, even if it's not in words, it's, it's those, it's your spouse. When she looks at you and she says, Hey, are, are you okay? Sometimes, you know, when Danielle looks over at me and she's like, you okay. And I'm like, this time it hurts or, yeah. you know, th- this, this time sucks. Um, I think the second time it was harder. I absolutely, I think yeah. the second time was hard because I was so excited, yeah. and then it was it was a big letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the spouse saying that is really important. But there's men out there who they look at you and they give you um, the nod, mm-hmm. um, the man nod, and the man nod in a look lets you know like it's all right, bro. It's okay, brother. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. And and it's it doesn't come from everybody. It only comes from those guys who have been in that condition, have been in that place, right. who knows that that's what's needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, so what are some areas you believe spouses need to work on when dealing with adversity? And this goes in regards to infertility and even not infertility. What are some ways you think we can work to, you know, do better when dealing with adversity? I mean, I'm a, I will say at times I can be someone who ought to listen to myself when I say this mm-hmm. is that, um, communication. Yeah. Um, we, people say they want to communicate. They say they they want to be better at communication, but communication is really, really difficult. Yes. Um, you know, how do you tell someone that what they did really upset you when you still love them enough and you're afraid of hurting their feelings? Mm-hmm. How do you say that this bothers me and this, you know, I, I, I don't like this. I, this, this puts me in a place of sadness, of grief, of anger, of emotional tor- turmoil. I feel alone. Um, those are hard things to talk about to your spouse because any of those that you say, you know, yes, it should bring growth. It should bring um, grace. It should be favorable to the to the marriage. But at the same time, you're afraid that saying it could destroy your household because mm-hmm. you are essentially saying, I don't feel supported in this area. Right. Um, and so it's finding how to communicate and being willing not to give up on the attempt. Um and I'm saying it this way because it's not easy. Right. Yeah. And I think when you, I think for me, I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, before we got married, I felt like I was an excellent communicator. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I realized my communication style sometimes is to shut down and that's not communication. <laughs> At all. So just because you, you're not, um, you know, voicing your, your concerns or what have you and, um, or voicing how you feel in the face of adversity uh, and you're remaining silent. Yes, there's time to remain silent, but there, you know, like you said, it's important to communicate. And I think in the face of adversity, people clam up, they stop talking. Um, and that's how, how you know, um, 
things begin to fester, you're, you're sweeping things under the rug. And I think as we've been married for, um, over four years now, I think we've, we've understand our communication styles a little bit, bit better than we did the first year. And, um, then we got kind of thrown this journey of walking infertility and it's like even sometimes myself I feel like I'm walking on eggshells and I know sometimes you feel that way with me um and so it's just working through those uncomfortable conversations um I think that really helps you know with the foundation of a marriage right I, I think the difference is in in year one when we struggled with communication it felt like the other person was intentional about what they were saying. Yes. Where now we know that this is part of the journey and, and this person might not be in the right headspace or the right emotional space. Year two, year two. Year one was close. Year one, we were like, wait, when, when is this argument supposed to happen? When are we supposed to We're like, this year, is great. Yeah, year There's two. no problems in marriage. Year two, we were dealt a lot of um, hard cards. Uh, dealing with our our uh, the health of our parents, it was just hard, and just yeah, it was just hard overall. So it was just it was really hard to navigate through that because right. everything was like happening at once. It happened at once. Yes. That was the, that was the catch yes. is that all the curveballs, all the family issues, all the marital issues, all the work issues, yes. all were happening at, at once. once. Yeah, and so it was it was it felt as though, well, you don't understand and you don't support me. Right. Whereas now it's like, let me give you your space. And I know when you're ready to talk, you're going to talk to me and you're going to figure out how to communicate this because I know you're not intentionally being brash or rude or anything like that. It's just that this is really hard. And I think for this journey, that's something that sometimes it's not even talking. Sometimes it's just... I'm just going to sit next to you or lay next to you. And yeah, you know, if you want to say something. So, yeah. yeah. If you giving you the space to talk yes. even, and you could take it if you want, but sometimes just being there is enough. Yeah. For, for me, year two, especially I learned this and I always have to revisit this fact. And that is to seek to understand, not to be understood. And that's really, really important in a marriage. It's really important. Um, when facing adversity is, uh, sometimes we're so ready to get our point across, but we have to look at look at it from the perspective of our partner uh, to see, okay, how are they? What is their vantage point? What is their viewpoint? What is their perspective on this? Um, so it's really important to seek to understand and not to always be understood. Mm-hmm. And that's a sacrifice in itself. Okay, so what are some creative ways you have shown support during this journey? Um, I think it's the small things. I think it's um, giving the space, still trying to show that, um, be still trying to show that I am romantic towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go on a date? Let's go on a date. Let's go out to eat. Let's, you know, yeah, you be getting hype about it. Let's <laughs> um, movie night, date nights, um, cooking for you, doing some of the things, trying to take off the everyday pressures. Um, in order for you to have the headspace to regroup, because the one thing I, I I'm always cognitive of is that you don't want the worldly pressures or the the normal pressures on top of whatever pressures you're feeling. And mm-hmm. so I try to do my best to to not only I 
I literally sit there and I sometimes in my head think about the five love languages and and try to ask myself, am I am I achieving all of them? Yeah. And I would normally re- realize like mm, I'm doing a lot of acts of kindness, which is not even <laughs> her strong special. love language. Yes. What else could I be doing? And so I'll say that to myself and until so that'll be a, a random text message of oh, I love you, babe. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a, me randomly coming in a room, laying next to you and just being and just saying, no, I just want to be in your space because I know that quality time but not physical touch is what you enjoy <laughs> and so I, it, it's me sitting there making sure that you still feel loved the right way mm-hmm. very good so um why do you think it was so important for Elkana to show hannah he loved her and supported her in the midst of her adversary penina well it's twofold it's um one, if you are feeling less than, mm-hmm. there is no more time, no better time to pick you up than when you're feeling less than. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost to showcase that love in front of your adversary is to say, it, it, it's almost to the adversary, they'll receive it as, wow, even while this is happening, in spite of this happening, he still loves her. Like I desire a love like that, mm. um, which sucks for her. Right. That and I talked about that cause, in cause, my episode. Cause she's, she's still a wife. And, and, yeah. and I was, you know, I was reading, um, the word and I was using my study Bible and it talked about how she was probably a younger wife. Mm because of the the maturity and the actions that she took and normally a second wife was taken because childbearing was not happening with the first wife got it and so not only was she younger and able to give but that's kind of a childish mentality to see somebody nan nanny boo boo or aha this is what i have you don't have it. you don't have it to to joke at something that is so personal it's demonic and and, and, (laughs) Something that is so personal, it, it shows the immaturity. Yes. And so Elkanah's way of saying, hey, you can do this, but she's still loved mm-hmm. is so, you know, and, and I think that, fellas, tidbit, if you're listening, that's a key piece of on her bad days to send her flowers at work mm-hmm. or on her bad days, right on her wall on, on one of the social media posts, because that is reminding her as bad as her day is, she's still loved. Mm-hmm. And that encourages her and it pushes any adversary, mm-hmm. especially the adversary, back. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a representation of Christ's love for us Amen. that in spite of our struggles, our areas that we're not doing well in, our, uh, our, 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 we are trying, but yet we still are failing. He's like, are you serious? I still love, love you. you. Yeah. That's almost the That's same powerful. representation yeah. of that, that type of love. I'm still going to make a sacrifice. And not only am I going to make the sacrifice, I'm going to give you double, double the abortion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like not only am I That's going good. to save you, but I'm going to die on the cross and resurrect mm-hmm. for you yeah, yeah, yeah. to have salvation. Like yeah. talking about some double portion. That is definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so while we're talking about um, Penina, um, 
what advice would you give a woman dealing with a pen in a situation? So uh, this woman is uh, unable to conceive. She may or may not have experienced a loss, uh, but there is, you know, an adversary out there um, in the, you know, it could be a friend. I wouldn't say friend, but friend of me um, who is an adversary and is in, in essence, at, um, antagonizing her, what advice would you give to a Hannah in that situation? Um, the Christian in me tells me to say that we ought to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. They're in dire need of prayer because uh, typically someone who chooses to banter, joke, you know, some of the biggest bullies, quote unquote, mm-hmm. out there are filled with so many insecurities and hurt. And so they're doing it not because, not in just, but they're doing it because it's a way to deflect all of the insecurities and pains and hurt that they're feeling. So the Christian in me says to pray for them. Mm -hmm. The human in me says, cut them off. (laughs) Um, If at all costs, if you can, like, uh, listen, we can pray from afar. But if at, at all costs that you can, you have to remove these types of people from your surroundings. Now, Hannah couldn't get away from her. Um, right. They probably lived in the same house. And so she couldn't remove herself from that atmosphere. And so she was stuck with hers. And mm-hmm. some of us are stuck with our um, Panea. Panea. One of those. She's saying it loud. loud. She might. So don't be I mean, wrong. Don't str- be strong, strong and wrong. wrong. That's don't me. Don't be strong. <laughs> wrong. Um, that be me. I own it. Some of us have to be around that person. There is no escaping that person. And so I say, walk in grace and walk in and 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 favor. Walk with forgiveness on the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Keep your head up and and at all costs stay. Um, fervent in prayer Mm -hmm. because your blessing is coming and your blessing might look like two more children, four more children, two sons and two daughters like Hannah Mm -hmm. eventually had Mm -hmm. um, after Samuel. Right. Two more children, two more sons and two more daughters after Samuel. So she became a bearer of children Mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. And so um, stay, stay in the course that God would want you to, but at all costs, cut them off, move on, get away from them because those people will change your spirit. If you know, not all of us will take that turn away and fall at the foot of Christ in right, prayer. Right. Many of us will react and that's when the devil gets you. Yes. yes and yes. so be mindful, know where you are spiritually, mentally, and emotionally at all times, because you might need to get away from them. Yes. Uh, I love that you said, you know, have grace, you know, um, but ultimately, you know, protect your peace, you Absolutely. know, and, 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 um, I'm a bit big advocate of that is, you know, we need to be in a, in a place where we are able to protect our peace and don't allow other individuals to, um, you know, have you in a place where you're, you don't have peace, mm-hmm. um, because anything that's contrary to peace is from the enemy. And I think one of the biggest things, um, as I was reviewing, the story of Hannah and Penina is the fact that, you know, like you said, if you change your perspective, you shift, you shift your perspective and, and look at what was causing Penina to act the way that she did. One of the things that was at the root was the, was jealousy right. because she saw the double portion. She saw the love that her husband had for Hannah. 
And so that is one of the things that maybe drove her to do the things um, and say the things that she did, you know? Well, if history proved correct, then the reason why she got married was because to, to Elkanah mm-hmm. was simply because... Hey, I can conceive. I can conceive. Mm-hmm. And, and his his lineage is rich. Mm-hmm. The book of Samuel starts with his lineage. He's from, he's a, he's a descendant of the Levites. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the Royal priesthood of Judaism. So like he comes from a very respected high class Correct. family. Correct. And so for her to be sitting here, like I can bore you children. And yet you still love this other woman mm-hmm. more than me. Mm-hmm. Like that's a shot yeah, yeah, yeah. to her right? in her mind, in her culture, mm-hmm. in her respect. And so that probably caused even more anger Correct. and frustration, frustration, which is why year after year, she would become more of an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so um, I really challenge my listeners. I did on, on the previous episode dealing with Hannah. Um, and I want to say this again is, is look at the, um, spirit that's driving people to say and do certain things. I think oftentimes we're looking at the person in the physical, um, but we have to understand that, uh, we are in a spiritual fight. And so, um, the enemy will use whoever and whomever to get to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and oftentimes we try to like close off, um, ourselves and close off our circle and and keep our circle intimate um and even in that regard the enemy will again use whoever or whomever to get to you this is someone that you know like you said is someone that lived maybe in the same house you know you're married to the same person you are technically family you know what i mean um but this individual had um a spirit to be in an in an antagonist, uh, and, and was driving Hannah to cry, you know, and, you know, speaking from a woman's perspective, this, uh, journey of walking in fertility is all always a sensitive topic. You know, I was just interviewed for another, uh, podcast and we were talking about the fact that a woman walking in this journey, she has a monthly reminder mm. that she's not pregnant. And as I look back at different seasons that I've been in, it would really ebb and flow. Um, And it would be three to, I'm even thinking about, you know, the time, you know, the season where I was single, I was single for seven years, but it ebbed and flowed. There was moments where I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm going to, you know, just really be doing kingdom work. And then there was other days I was like, I want to be married. I want to be married. But it wasn't every month. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, um, you know, part of the the reason of this podcast is not only to give a voice to women who are walking in this journey of infertility, but also give individuals um, who are not in this journey a a different, a fresh perspective, you know, a a look at it from the other side to have a better understanding Mm -hmm. um, as to, you know, spouses and, and women and men that are walking in this journey. The desire is always there, you know, and especially for a woman, they are reminded every month, hey, I'm not a mother, you know, and so which is um, hard, which is difficult. Yes. Um, But I do believe that as you grow and as you develop your perspective changes, your 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 mind shifts. I look back on our journey and I think about, you know, year one when we're going through this year two um, when we're going through this and now we're kind of uh, past year two entering year three. 
my perspective has changed. Year one was really difficult. Um, year two was even harder, especially with the losses and uh, a lot of tears. And with, um, you know, completing year two and going into this year, my perspective has definitely changed. Um, I feel that, you know, we get to a place where we um, realize that we're not in alignment with the word. We're not in alignment with the promise. And so we know what we're feeling, but we have to get into alignment with the word of God. And I think that is exactly the point that Hannah reached um, where she, you know, took it to the Lord with prayer, with fasting, with worshiping, um, to the, to the place where the priest thought she was drunk, uh, because she got into a place where she told God, Hey, I know what I'm feeling, but I know what you can do. And I, um, feel that as part of the story to, uh, encourage women going through this journey to bring themselves into alignment with the word and the promise. So thank you, Woody, for joining. Any last words before we close out? Um, no, I think that, you know, as we talk about Elkanah, Hannah, you know, I think the story focused so great on Hannah mm-hmm. and her coming to a place of almost of, I'm going to relinquish this burden at the foot of God. Mm-hmm. To where she was in such a place of speaking with God that the priest thought that she was that she was drunk. I think that we missed the piece of Elkanah having a son that his wife said this is what God's purpose is for him. Mm-hmm. And him being in complete alignment, trust, and faith that he said, okay. Mm-hmm. At three years old, they gave their son to the priest for him to live the rest of his life with. And I think that it's important as men that we remember that we stay fervent in prayer, that we continue to talk to God and that we relinquish that way when he makes his plan that we're not a roadblock either Hmm. because Hannah went for that and Hannah received it and she was blessed. She was, she cried at the foot of God and she felt relieved and then she was blessed by the priest left there, went, Eight, and she didn't have a sad face anymore. And then when she had to tell her husband this, he was in complete compliance. Mm-hmm. We have to be in a position that whether it's the man or the woman, when God speaks that we're not a roadblock to that blessing. Wow. Yeah. That's all I got for you. Okay. Jobs, Mike. so again thank you to um woody for joining us on this episode please tune in next week uh for this month there are several interviews uh lined up so i'm really excited that we'll get some new voices on the podcast um so i encourage encourage you to um stay tuned and and be mindful that the episodes drop every thursday i know last week i took a break um, and again, you know, I'm a big, big advocate for mental health. And so I needed a mental health day. Um, and I encourage you to do that if that's, you know, necessary at times to say, Hey, I need a timeout. I need to rest. I've been going hundred miles per minute, um, and do that. So I'm looking forward to all the content that will be presented, um, this month, the guest speakers, the collaborations. And I really thank God for um, bringing these individuals um, into my world, onto my path to help me kind of continue on um, uh, with these conversations. So again, thank you. And until next time, ciao. 
Later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.